0: When you hear enough people say, gosh, she's just tone it down a bit. Well, you know, if it's too much for you, remove yourself. You don't get the right to quiet me. You don't get the right to make me smaller. And I can't control everybody, right? That's my new discovery. I've landed on this responsibility of community to allow people to be themselves. And how much easier that would make authenticity be for all of us.
1: You're listening to The Boundless Heart, the podcast empowering you into shameless self-respect, independence, and equal partnership. I'm your host, fellow authenticity seeker, LC. I have lost myself multiple times, abandoned myself multiple times, we all pretty much have, and so has my guest today, Angela Duckett. She's on the journey to find her authentic self, and she's learned a lot along the way. In this episode, we talk about how we really are all born authentic, how easily we lose our authenticity, and most importantly, how to get it back. If you feel like you've abandoned yourself or lost yourself in any kind of situation, relationship, career, whatever it may be, or if you have poured your heart and soul and passion into projects that just haven't come out the way you wanted them to or expected them to because of how much heart you're putting into them, it could be because you are knocking at the right door, but still showing up. With a mask on.
0: My definition of authenticity is definitely your purest character, personality, and spirit that you embody. That includes your quirks, your flaws, that includes what you do well. That includes the things you don't do so well. That includes your physical body, your appearance, your hair, your skin. That includes those awkward moments when you say the wrong thing or those brilliant times where you say the right thing. It's the total package of who you are and you were born with it. I think that's really the most important part is it came with you from the womb. You know, it's not external to you. You were born with it. That's what authenticity is all about.
1: It came with you from the womb. It came
0: with you from the womb. So you see, Laura, I have this thing where we were born on purpose for an intention. And from the time we were born, from our earliest days, it begins the intention being stripped from you. We're born into a cocoon called a family. And some of us are born into amazing family dynamics and some of us maybe not so much, but either way you have a family that begins to shape and mold you as to what's acceptable, what's good, what's appropriate. And then you add to that culture and <laughs> you add to that traditions, whether they're cultural traditions or family traditions. And so you begin to learn, you learn behaviors that are either in sync with that organic who you are or they're contrary to that organic who you are. And we are primed very early to a place of acceptance. You want to be accepted. You want to be appropriate. And so we begin to subconsciously mold ourselves into what's acceptable by our standards. It starts from very young, that challenge with authenticity right there.
1: What do you think children see or know as acceptable. How do they define acceptable for themselves?
0: I mean again, from that family cocoon, very early, you know, there's a ah uh, ah, uh, you know, before two. A child knows. No, no, no. We don't don't, don't do that. You know, they're very smart, very smart. And so they learn. And as children, you want to please, you want to please your parents. You want to please the adults around you. So you learn very quickly. If I do this behavior, I get a reward. If I do this behavior, I get reprimanded. And so I adjust. And it's, and that behavior continues from many, many, many of us into adulthood, like substitute the cocoon of the family. And then we've got society. That has a whole set of norms and a prescription and an avenue that we are to be acceptable and flow in and go in. And so we're all constantly balancing the challenge of who I am on the inside, who I feel my, myself to be, who I feel like I am, who I want to be and what's acceptable. And so I can be me in this space and we start to segment then. Right. I have my spaces where I can be the most authentic me with these friends, or maybe it is with my family. Maybe you have a family that has let you just be all of who you are. That's wonderful. But you learn very quickly when I go into the world, I need to tame this portion of me. I need to taper this portion of me to be acceptable in the workplace per se, or to be acceptable in the worship space, wherever that is for you per se, I need to tame this part of me. And with my friends, I need to tame possibly the worship side of me, right? Because I've got friends that may not respect that spiritual aspect of me. So in order to really fit with these friends, I got, and you know, when you hear that kind of thing, some of it sounds so elementary, like that's high school, right? The peer pressure (laughs) trying to fit in, right? But let's be real about it. Grown, grown adults are still doing this, whether we acknowledge it or not. Right. We're we're tapering parts of who we are in order to feel comfortable or feel accepted in different environments. And so the question and the goal and the challenge and the ultimate pinnacle is how do I embody all of who I am in every space that I occupy? Wherever I am, I don't need to modify this portion of me for this environment or that portion of me for that environment. But I'm going to bring the fullness of me, all of me, everywhere that I am. And that freedom is what I truly call authenticity. And, um, you know, easier said than done, babe. It's easier said than done. <laughs>
1: It is. And that leads right into my next question. (laughs) How do we do that? Oh,
0: how do we do that? You know, this is such a special time that you're asking me this question because I am not the expert, right? Let's just put that right out there. I I have my podcast, Authenticity Over Everything, that I started as a part of my own authenticity journey. I wanted to just talk to a bunch of people and say, hey, how are How is that working for you? What are you doing? And how did, and let me talk to some psychotherapists and and see their side of it. And let me take all of these pieces and make some decisions for myself, how I can be better and do it differently. And I'm in the, I'm in a shift right now. Let me tell you about this shift that I'm in. So originally I was approaching all of this as self-work, right? What do I need to do for myself? How can I improve myself? how can I be more authentic? How can I be more of myself? Because I can give you examples of times where I'm not being myself, right? I've done myself a disservice by saying yes to things I really wanted to say no to or or behaving in ways that I know is not me. Like, you know, you hear yourself and you sit back and you play the tape in your mind and you're like, why did I even say that? Like that doesn't, (laughs) I know that that wasn't organically me, but that instinct to be accepted in an environment it just falls out sometimes and so there's that self-work right how to be you in every space right this new shift that I'm on right now though it's more than self-work because when you look at the acceptability piece the idea that you just want to fit in and be accepted and be welcomed, there's more responsibility on community and how do as a community we accept everyone because the crux of the problem is the judgment. The crux of the problem with most people's authenticity is other people's reactions. It's how other people will or will not receive me. And so if we could all just be more accepting and let people be, I think it was in episode three, I was just going back through some of the episodes of my podcast on episode three, I made this statement and say, yeah, I can do the work to, to show up and be myself but you can do the work to just leave me alone, right? And that might sound kind of harsh, but the truth of the matter is, if what I'm bringing to the table is too much for you, because a lot of us, a lot of us flavory girls, we get that, you're too much. She's just too much. She comes in, she just takes over the room. She talks so much, you know what I mean? Especially if you've got that life of the party type of energy, if that's who you are organically, if that's what you're born with, boy, that can get squeezed out of you real quick. When you hear enough people say, gosh, you just tone it down a bit. Well, you know, if it's too much for you, remove yourself. You don't get the right to quiet me. You don't get the right to make me smaller. And I can't control everybody, right? That's my new discovery. I've landed on this responsibility of community to allow people to be themselves. And how much easier that would make authenticity be for all of us. So I just control the pieces I can myself. I check myself when I feel myself giving other people judgment. I check my friends when I see them doing it. I have a friend in particular who, I mean, she makes comments about people's clothing all the time. She's been my friend for years and years and years. This is quite normal behavior for us. And now I stop her. We're just walking somewhere, some random stranger. What is she wearing? And I said, so what is it to you? It's the small things and they mount up and they grow and they build and that's what I mean by community. Let her be. If she was comfortable (laughs) leaving the house this morning wearing that, let her be. You can acknowledge that it's not your style, right? I mean, that's a small example but it's the compound of that. That Mm -hmm. as a community, we can make authenticity more approachable for everyone if we all make a practice to just let people be who they fully are
1: without your judgment. Absolutely, yes. And Yeah. You said the magic words too, right? We can't control other people. And I feel like the difficulty, especially when you're starting to want to come out of your shell or release all those programs and those conditions that have been piled on top of you and you want to step up and stand out, you also want to force other people to accept that who are used to you the other way oh yeah and they yeah. don't know how to respond and then you want to it's so it, that is a challenge it's a challenge That's to a challenge let them have their own opinions and their own emotions and let them take responsibility for how they respond to you yeah but be you still right
0: But be you. And that's the part two of my discovery. I'm like, you nailed it. You nailed it. Part two is you got to be comfortable letting other people be uncomfortable. I am not going to take any responsibility for the discomfort that my person brings you. I'm bringing me. I'm bringing all of me. And I'm going to be kind, right? I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be loving. But I'm going to bring the full force of me. And I'm deciding... That your discomfort will not sway me. Your discomfort will not sway me. Because so in on the beginning, again, let me talk about the shift that I'm on. In the beginning, uh, it was kind of internal. Like, how can I be more authentic? Authenticity is not a state of being. It's not a state of being. I am who I am. It's a fact. It's a fact. Now, just be that, girl. And be comfortable letting other people be uncomfortable. I will not. And you And we've all seen that, that quote. I'm not going to dim my light. I'm not going to dim my light. And if I see that it's making you uncomfortable, girl, I'm going to pray for you. But I am going to just be me. You got to make people uncomfortable. But that, familiar, that familiarity, girl, the people who already know you, that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> Dealing with the people who remember you from yesteryear. And trying to bring them along with your shift and your changes.
1: Very, very challenging. Very, very challenging. Indeed. And sometimes they're not meant to be brought along in your shift. Sometimes some people want to stay where they're at. And that's another level of acceptance that we have to come to terms with within ourselves. And if they do, they do. But it's not our responsibility to make them.
0: It's true. It's very, very true. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You talked a little bit about religion, your spirituality, your brand of it, if you will. And I know that you had mentioned to me that even that kind of was an inauthentic expression of yourself for a while. Do you want to talk about that? I'm so curious.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about a mixed bag beginning. So I went to Catholic school. And at the same time, went to a Pentecostal church on Sundays while going to the Catholic school. And it was just very interesting learning both of those at the same time. But my early church beginnings in the Pentecostal church, we were taught a very old fashioned doctrine where men are the leaders and women are submissive. Right. Women are to be submissive and men are to lead and women are to be quiet and women are to adorn themselves with modesty and that kind of thing. And I fell in love with God. Right. I love God. I love the Holy Spirit. I love the creator. And really at an early age, went into a space where I want to please him. And so I wanted to please him with the best of the education that I was receiving. And so I tried I tried to do and be all of those things. I tried to be quiet. I tried to be meek and humble as it was explained and taught to me. I'm not meek. I'm not. That, that, again, that authenticity, Who? what came with me from the womb, I've been told I talk too much all my life. Okay? I, I, I'm not meek. I'm not quiet. And so how do I do that? I'm a leader. I am a leader, but I can't be a leader here. I really struggled with all of those things. And so I went to college, went into the workplace. I'm trying to be the spiritual being that I'm taught to be humble, submissive, quiet, laid back. And it was a very big inner struggle with who I really am. I'm a leader and I do speak up and I will speak my mind and I will stop you, interrupt you, correct you if (laughs) need be. That was a very hard time for me because I was trying to make amends, trying to connect the dots between my spirituality as I understood it at that time with who I felt myself to be on the inside. And eventually I had to just let that go. I had to let go of that particular, not of my spirituality, but of that particular doctrine and that teaching. And I, you know, come to realize that there is more, right? There's more to discover. There's more to learn. There's more to my spirituality. And I'm grateful for that base because I did fall in love with the creator, but there's so much more. And I am allowed to be me. And the creator does want me to use all of the fullness of my gifts in the big flowery way. He's big and flowery. Look at this world he made. He doesn't play small, and so neither does he require us to play small either, and that's not a male-female thing, that there's a position for women in, in a certain particular way. I tried it. didn't work for me. So, yeah, it, it's, it's very interesting.
1: I'm so glad it didn't work for you. It didn't work for you, me. Your voice is powerful, and oh, it's got to be heard, girl. Oh, yes. Yeah. The patriarchy is what you're talking about. The patriarchy, yes. And here's... This is an interesting observation I've made. We hear take down the patriarchy a lot, right? I've never heard a man or woman or child or anyone say, install the matriarchy. Because that's that's not what we're trying to do, right? We just want balance and equality. Yeah, And equality is a tough word because... There's a lot of programming and charge around that word, too. It's really a balance that we're seeking. We're not seeking overtaking something that's not working. We're just simply seeking, let's not do it this way anymore, because this way doesn't work.
0: Yeah. You know what's interesting about that when you say that? No one's trying to install the matriarchy. You know why, girl? Because we already hold the power. Do we not? <laughs> That's true. I mean, the reality is, you know, in, in most family dynamics, the reality is who runs the entire home? Who's really holding it down? Who's got checks and balances on who needs to be where, what and when and who's eating what and who's doing what? I mean, we already really are, you know, the loud bark for power comes from the powerless often. That's really <laughs> what we're facing. We're really quite powerful beings and people who already have power don't have to demand their power.
1: Beautiful point. I love that. And it kind of brings up for me the notion that what's the more important role is money. Mm. Who's making the money? It's like, do you know how much brain power it takes to know what's going to be for dinner every week and actually cook it, go to the store, fill those Cupboards, it just takes a giant chunk of mental energy to keep all of that together. And when you bring kids into the picture, multiple children, you have to know exactly what you were saying. Who's got what going on, when, and all of these schedules. This is really, really, really high skilled work.
0: (laughs) High skilled work, indeed. Yes, yes, it is. Operations management at its best.
1: Why then is that not respected? Again, I think it's because culturally we've been indoctrinated into the women are submissive and they're taking care of the men. And I believe, too, especially in my generation, the men, boys weren't really raised to take care of themselves. They were raised to be taken care of. Yes. Yeah, it's true. Especially emotionally. That's true. Product of the patriarchy. That's why it's got to be like, no, we're done with this. And all we have to do as women, we don't have to do really anything other than tell the truth, be authentic. When all women are authentic, really who we are, and we're not hiding ourselves anymore. It's naturally shifting. That's why it is shifting right now.
0: Yeah, hiding is so yesteryear.
1: (laughs) I have a question. Another one. How do you know when you're being inauthentic? Like, what are the signs?
0: Yeah, you got a gut check. You got a gut check. And if you don't have a gut check, then you need to take a few steps back and recenter and connect with yourself because your gut will check you every single time. And so what does that gut check look like? For some people, it's just an uncomfortable feeling. I just, you know, something about this, you know, there's something, something about this makes me feel uncomfortable, right? Or there's the feeling of I don't belong. That's another way that inauthenticity begins to show up. You feel like you're out of place, you look around the room and you feel isolated and you feel alone. And so what that means is you're recognizing that, you know, maybe there is something about you that's unique in this space. And so you need to bring more of your true self to the space. You need to make more of a commitment to just be yourself. And the instinct is to fall back and just be what everyone else is being. Don't make a disruption. Don't make waves. Just, you know what I mean? Just be what everyone else is being. So that's another way. A gut check will give it to you. When you feel terribly uncomfortable, you'll know. And the other thing too is when you find yourself doing things that you know you don't want to do. So you got to find the balance between going to the cookout because you were invited and you love these people and you want to be there for them and support them and honoring your inner gut that says, no, I don't want to. A lot of us are slaves to this societal norm that you must say yes to every invitation. And I don't just mean socially. I mean, you must say yes to every conversation. You must say yes to every, you don't. You don't have to engage in everything. And if you really take the time with yourself to know, your feelers will tell you yes or no. Your feelers will tell you this one is a no. And you don't have to give a long explanation. I'm not available for that. And it's okay. I'm not available for that. Am I free? Is, and that's the other thing. People want to qualify. Well, what? Are, are you busy? Actually, I'm not. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I'm, my day is wide open, but I do have a choice. And a lot of us, those choices have been robbed from us. And so that's inauthentic. It's inauthentic to show up for something you don't want to show up for. And I don't care if it's friends. I don't care if it's family. You know, you just got to get real about your reasoning why you don't want to show up. We don't want to be petty, right? You got to examine it all. But you shouldn't have to do things that you organically don't want to do. And we all are guilty of it. We are all guilty of it. Um, and, and we can all just serve ourselves better to just really listen to our, our feelers and our knowers and start to say no, which is an uncomfortable feeling for a lot of people.
1: It is. And I think that having the ability to say no without qualification is sort of like advanced level authenticity. So when you're working on it, if you need to qualify this, I'm not available even though your day is completely open. Yeah. What is what most people say? When I take care of myself, then I can take care of other people better. You can qualify it like that if you need to for a while. Yeah. But one day, imagine this. Imagine a day where you say no and no one pushes back. Whoa. And I think the less we justify and the less we qualify, the less people are going to push back. Yeah, They'll just get used to no meaning no.
0: Yeah, it's a good feeling. I'm pretty much there. My people know. If I say no, this end of story doesn't matter if I was available. You know, I think that that. no too. Let me tell you something about the power of that no. I think it's a prerequisite for abundance. And let me tell you why I say that. It's a prerequisite for abundance. Because when you look at the richest people in the world, you're... Oprah's or you know just name a name of someone who has infinite amounts of money imagine if she had an inability to say no abundance requires the ability to say no you have to because the more you have the more demands are put on you and that's just not financial that's emotional that's spiritual that's your personal healing power. You know what I mean? That if you're that type of person that people want to talk to you because you've always got the answers, it's a blessing. But at some point, you've got to be able to say no. You can't give all of what you
1: have in any area, especially in romantic relationships. You cannot be your partner's healer.
0: Yeah. It's oh, a God, no.
1: Different dynamic. Yeah. And we get caught in that because we're basically socialized to do that. It's true. I
0: think now at this stage in my life, you know, when it comes to dating and a romantic relationships, I know enough how to pre-qualify just in conversation. If you've done your self work, you know, you don't have to be perfect. You can still be in need of healing, but you know, you have to be actively engaged in your own healing, in your own self work as a person. It's everyone's personal responsibility. And two people who are actively engaged with their own self-development can have a beautiful relationship.
1: (laughs) I wholeheartedly agree with that. It is, it really is about self-work and that's why it's called self-work. Right, right. It's something that you do for yourself. (laughs) Absolutely. What have you found to be some of the phases, or maybe the steps, between this conditioned inauthenticity and fully authentic.
0: First step is recognizing that you're doing it, right? Mm-hmm. It's the, just mm-hmm. the awareness that it's even happening, the awareness that there is a disconnect between what you're doing and who you are. Once you realize that that's happening, then it's the work to step back and reintroduce yourself to yourself. A lot of us have lost who we really are. How do you really get to know someone? You spend time with them. So you minimize the distractions, whether it be social media or television or whatever it is your distraction of choice. We all are masters of distracting ourselves. You minimize the distractions and you commit yourself to quiet time. With yourself, whether that's journaling, whether that's maybe music or whatever, but you commit yourself to yourself to get, to know, yourself, ask yourself questions. I mean, it's very similar to dating when you're dating. You know, you ask a million questions. Tell me about your family. How did you feel? What was it like growing up in your home? Maybe reevaluate some of that stuff with yourself. Let me think about my childhood rather than suppressing it, ignoring it, pushing it away. Let me think about it. And you may find, oh gosh, that's why I do that little thing I do now. Because when I was, you know, you start to make connections where you just really understand yourself for more, some, you know, more, more, you understand yourself more, better. And once you do that work, you recognize that it's happening. I'm possibly being inauthentic. You make a commitment to get to understand and know yourself again, reintroduce yourself to yourself. And then you make an intention to show up truly and start to evaluate yourself in situations and say, What do I really feel right now? And let me practice doing it and being it and not hunkering down, not shying away from it. And it may be uncomfortable at times, right? It may be uncomfortable when you start, but you have to practice it just like anything else. You practice and you repeat and you go again and you forgive yourself if it doesn't go well. And you forgive yourself if you've mistreated yourself and you try again and you just keep going. But the you that you were born as is great. And you do the world a disservice when you don't show up in the fullness of that. You're great. You're great. Just like you are. And sometimes the people who make you feel like you need to hide or pull back or pull down are people who are also not connected with their own true selves. And so you exercising yours is almost a little bit of a threat. How dare you get to be so bold, so big, so powerful in the face of all these people and it feels a little, you know, it feels a little threatening to some people. And so they shame on you. They put the shame on you, literally, mm. to make you feel like you need to pull back and stop. Here's the power of authenticity, too. And here's the biggest, biggest one. Here's the biggest, biggest one. Here, people talk a lot about purpose and finding their purpose and finding the thing that they were created for, you know, that divine tailspin, right? When I stepped into this thing, it just took off. We're all looking for that. I mean, don't don't let anybody tell you different. We're all looking for that. What is my divine thing that I can just step into and it's going to blow up? It's created for you, but it's created for the real you. And sometimes we miss it because we step to the door of the thing that we perceive to maybe be it. And we step there with a mask on. And we step there with the pretense of showing up as some form of ready for this, that like we understand it. And I prepared and I practiced and I studied. And here I am. And let's take off because I'm ready for my purpose. And sometimes none of that was necessary because the only thing that needs to step to the door is the real, authentic you. And so if you step to some doors and it didn't open, could be because you didn't step up as you. It's like the face ID on your phone. It unlocks. You want the door to unlock? You want it to unlock for you? It's looking for the real you. And she's in there. You just got to dig in there and find her and take the band-aids off and take the wounds off and take the scars off and all the things that have programmed you to believe that you are not and you are not worthy and you are not good enough and you are not skinny enough and you are not tall enough and you are not pretty enough and he didn't love me enough and all of those things that have damaged us. And just be the real you. And when you begin to show up like that, purpose unfolds for you.
1: What can I say? I'm crying. Thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's the work. And I am not the teacher, I'm a student. I am on this journey with you. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) We are all students. That rings so true for me. So true for me. I tried so hard to do things that I passionately loved. Yeah. And I had an astrologer tell me, well, you weren't being authentic. And I said, I think I was. Well, no, you weren't. (laughs) Apparently not. But we're all works in progress. Yeah. And that's why I'm doing this. Me here, girl. Work in progress. (laughs) So if you're thinking, oh, I just want to get to know myself a little bit more because I feel like I'm almost there. Or if you're really looking for your purpose, what Angela is saying is so true. It's there. Another thing she's saying that's so true is that it takes time and practice. And if you can surround yourself with others who are taking the same journey of self-growth and self-work. So they're on their own too. But if you can connect with other people that are doing it, it makes the journey so much lighter and freer. And that is what the inner circle is all about. So if you are looking for that, find the link in the show notes for the Boundless Heart Inner Circle. And let's get our authenticity on together. Yeah.
0: You know what else is the power of an inner circle too? For most of us, Most people don't have the like-minded people in their daily lives, like in front of them, you know? And so having that kind of space like you've created is so important because you need to find people who are thinking like you're thinking. A lot of times it's not right around you. And when you have that circle of people that are all thinking like you're thinking, it also can make your transformation exponential. It doesn't have to take years. You surround yourself with that energy of people who are all thinking the same way. And it can be overnight when you commit it.
1: And the collaborations that can come in. It's amazing. When you start meeting people, like all of a sudden you're meeting people like Angela out of the blue. It's amazing. I love it. Yeah, I love that you're doing that. So cool. I have a couple more questions for you. And they're talking a little bit about your journey. I hope you don't mind getting a little personal. Yeah, no, I don't mind. I want to know what has been your greatest challenge in your journey from being the inauthentic person you were being to being your authentic self.
0: Yeah, so let's be clear. I'm still on this journey. I have not arrived. I think the biggest hurdle for me initially in the onslaught was recognizing it. I was really caught in a tailspin of just doing a life. I'm just doing a life. (laughs) And I'm on this hamster wheel of doing it again and again and again and again and doing all these things that aren't quite working. I spent a lot of time there, admittedly. So I think that was one of the big obstacles for me was identifying that I even had this authenticity problem. I didn't know. I didn't know. And then I started to dissect, how did I get here? Like, why am I like this? And that was a little bit challenging to really just dig back into my my childhood and look at the things, the ways that I developed and how I got these feelings of, it it really for me was about low key, it was people pleasing. I wanted to be cheered for. I wanted people to say, you go girl was really important rather than showing up and just be me. I'm going to see what they're cheering for and then I'm going to do that. (laughs) <laughs> right and that yes. that was kind of my thing you know once i recognized that it was a no brainer at that point you know i've always been very confident i've got a background in entertainment as an actor as a writer as a director i've done a lot of different things and very confident in those skills but kind of perplexed as to why this talent that i'm sure of has not taken me further that was my moment right there that was my step into the door moment i keep having these opportunities that don't go And I had to just look inward and say, why do these things not go? Why do they not go the distance? And the realization for me is because you're not being authentic. You're not showing up as yourself. What I now realize and this kind of doubles back to what we were talking about earlier. The shift in me is the easy part. The part that I'm working on is getting comfortable with making other people uncomfortable. That's where my current work is because the showing up part is not the difficult part for me. The difficult part for me is not pleasing the people. If I show up in my fullness and you're made uncomfortable, that's the more difficult part for me. I'm working on that part.
1: Me too. And I just want to put it out there, Angela. I love you fully, all of you. I love how you're showing up. Oh, thank you, babe. I love you too. Your fully authenticness pleases me, so (laughs) keep.
0: I love that. Thank you so much. Yeah,
1: absolutely. What about the reward? What's been the best reward for you as you've been shifting more and more fully into your authenticity?
0: You know, the biggest reward for me has been the actualization of truly just doing the things that I like and the freedom of not giving two hoots what people think of it. For the first time in my life, I'm truly free to create. I am a creator. I've been creating for a long time. But my creative process used to be, I created this thing. Look at it. You like it? You like it? You like it? You like it? Right?
1: You feel me totally. there? I'm that that used to be.
0: <laughs> and now my creative process is, I created this thing. I like it. I like it. I like it. Here it is. world. close my eyes and I don't care what the response is. And that's truly how I operate now. And it's so freeing and it's so liberating. When I throw something to the wind that people actually respond to. So here's the growth. Here's where I'm growing right now. This is my current life experience. When I throw something to the wind that people actually respond to in a positive way, I'm like, this is a party. This feels fantastic, right? Who doesn't want people cheering for them? It's that same organic thing. And when I throw something to the wind creatively that no one responds to, I'm no longer crushed. And that's where I'm measuring my own personal growth. Let's go through the trajectory of what it looks like, right? I created this and I love it. I love it. I love it. I got that part down. I throw it to the world and they loved it too. Cheers. And then there's this other road. I created this thing. I love it. I love it. Because I always love what I create. It's so, you know, it's crazy. (laughs) I love it I love it I love it I throw it to the world and crickets no one's responding now old me would go bury myself under a pillow and question my skills question my ability question if I'm even in the right area should I even be doing this because no one responded New me today no one responded I take it back and say but I love it I love it I love it (laughs) and it's still good And it's still good. You know what I mean? Other people's response are not a qualifier on if I love my creativity. I'm a creative being. I'm a creative person. And I still love it. And so if I feel like it's got more life or more legs or there's something else that should happen with it, and maybe it is something that should be put into the world, then I'm like, okay, I'm going to work on this some more. But it's working on it from a creative place. Not let me make it into something that is likable by others. You know, the creative journey should not end with people's responses. Your creativity is all within you. And if you love it, that is the end of the journey for the creative process. And just sit with it and let it be. Other people loving it is just icing on the cake. Truly,
1: truly. yeah. When I was in college and I was majoring in art... One of the lessons learned was really you create your art from you. Your art is you. You don't look out and try to find people to buy it and then create art for them. You create art for you and let the people come. And That's kind of, it sounds like what you're saying. And Angela, if people want to get a hold of you and hear more from you, please let us know how we can do that. What do you have going on? What can we connect in with?
0: The podcast is called Authenticity Over Everything. So on Instagram at authenticity.over.everything. That's there every week. We're dropping a new episode um, all about authenticity, fun interviews with amazing, amazing women. And then my latest creative baby is my store. I've got the Authentic Me Shop. So that's kind of, it started as a place for the, Release of the podcast merch, right? So we've got our podcast tees that represent the podcast, but girl, I'm having fun over there too. I mean, t-shirts, we got sunglasses coming. I'm picking out some custom jewelry. I mean, we're just going to have all kinds of stuff to celebrate ourselves because me, I'm worth it and you, you're worth it. And so everything that I'm curating there is things that make you feel good about you Mm. as moms, as wives. We do so much to care for everyone else, to pick out the perfect gift for the child, to create the perfect party for your mate. You know, you, we do so much to curate what everyone else loves. Authentic Me is about me time. You're going to come over here and find something just for you and do it for you. Find something you love.
1: Perfect. Thank you. That's yeah. awesome. And I will link those in the show notes as well. So be sure to check that out. Angela, before we step off the mic, and here's what I want to talk about off the mic with you. Mm. I think we've both been been married twice. Am I right? Yes, I have. I have too. I want to talk a little bit about that to see who we were, like get juicy with that because I think- That's the juicy stuff right there. (laughs) That's the juicy stuff. So we're (laughs) going to go off the mic and we're going to talk about that, everybody. If you're not in the inner circle yet, it's you are so welcome to do that. You can click the link in the show notes for that. Before we do that, I asked my community what their definitions of authenticity are, and I Mm -hmm. really want to share those. This is something a little extra that I usually don't do, but here we go. Do you mind? No, absolutely. Let's hear it. All right. I love this one. Beth Jacobson, good friend of mine. No fakery. Honest. (laughs) (laughs) I thought (laughs) it's fakery is an awesome word, and she's like, yes, it is. (laughs) Okay, so all of these are, I, I love all these people. They're all great friends, so. And actually, I don't necessarily know them all personally, but I mean, come on. They're awesome. So Joan Kellner says, pure essence, soul, spirit. And I think you alluded to that a little bit. Yes. Mm -hmm. Brigitte says, spirit, essence, aware, human. She spells human, H-U and then hyphen M-Y-N. I think to get the man out of there, right? (laughs) It's like, it's not (laughs) just man. (laughs) Self, integrity, honesty, heart, self, full. And heart is spelled with the A-R-T capitalized. Mm. Some more art there. Oh, I love it. Love it. Love it. Nicole Vicks, bring your true self, showing up as you, and I love this part, comfortable being in your own skin. Yes. That's a Mm -hmm. journey, isn't it? Yes, it is. Elizabeth Kelly Erickson, connecting relationally and environmentally in both soul and spirit. With the earth, home, community, there's community, as well as with higher dimensions, the all. Yes, yes, yes. These are pretty profound, aren't they? They are. <laughs> and then Amanda Roner, much like Beth, and they're both from Minnesota, so maybe this is like, Minnesota's catching on, y'all. <laughs> True to yourself, no fake, no BS, 100% real you. Yes, I love, love it. it.
0: Yeah, that's
1: my kind of crew right there. Thank you so much. This has been awesome.
0: Thank you so much for having me. This has been
1: amazing. Thank you so much for tuning in today to the Boundless Heart podcast and to your very own Boundless Heart. I do have extra content from this interview. However, because of the length of this episode, I decided to give that part as a bonus to my inner circle members. Now, yes, it is so important to surround yourself with people who are thinking like you, who are making progress like you, who are working on themselves and finding their home base inside themselves like you. That is truly the purpose of the inner circle. And like Angela... I love to create. I drop bonuses in the inner circle. And one of those bonuses is our conversation after this episode, where we talked about our marriages. We've both been married twice. And I cannot tell you how many similarities there are between the two of us. If you feel alone in being divorced, in being too afraid to leave a relationship, or in not wanting to be married at all, you're not. You're not alone. Join the inner circle, and you can get access to that right away. But really, the inner circle is all about deconditioning these patriarchal programs that keep us small. We are here to rise, and we rise together. The link to join the inner circle for $7 a month is right there in the show notes. Thanks again. Until next time, Respect yourself shamelessly. Be fully you. And don't give up on your lies. Your dreams give hope and offer love. Oh, oh, I almost forgot. Robin. Robin Clark. At love, Robin Clark on Instagram. If you don't know her yet, go find her. She's coming on the podcast. She's awesome, and I'm her first podcast she was ever on, and she's been asked a lot, so I feel really honored to have her on.